Proclaim My Word in partnership with AM 1160 The Quest, Atlanta Catholic Radio, bring you the Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study. The purpose of this study is to help you live God's Word daily and help increase your faith and trust in Him. This show is made possible by listeners like you. To support Proclaim My Word, go to ProclaimMyWord.org and hit the Donate button. You'll also find the link to register for the current study and receive the study guide at ProclaimMyWord.org. Thank you for your generosity in helping us evangelize by spreading His Word. Welcome to the Bible study entitled God's Plan to Protect You based on the letter to the Ephesians. I'm Linda and I'm here with Carrie Allen, the founder of Proclaim My Word, a ministry dedicated to helping us know God's word so we can live his word and have the courage to proclaim his word, just as the opening theme song encourages us to do. Carrie, before we begin episode five, chapter five in Paul's letter to the Ephesians called Know Him to Imitate Him. Will you lead us in the opening prayer that can be found on page three of the study guide? Certainly. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I desire to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Always be with me, Lord. Open my heart to hear and live your word today and every day. Help me to keep your word forever in my heart so my personal relationship with your Son, Jesus Christ, will grow even deeper. I pray for the wisdom and the courage to proclaim the gospel with confidence so others will be led to you and your gift of salvation. Let the light of my love for you be seen so that others will be drawn to your love and mercy. May I have the wisdom to do your will and to follow you on earth as my Lord and Savior until I return to you. Thank you, Lord, for all the many ways you continue to bless me and those I love. Prepare me for whatever the future may bring. Help me daily to walk by faith and not by sight, ever willing to proclaim your word and your marvelous deeds. Bless me with faith and courage to trust and obey you at all times. When I walk through dark valleys, give me the grace to know that you are always with me and always hear my prayers. Help me to persevere, Lord, as I wait with hope to spend eternity with you. My trust is in you, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Carrie. So just a reminder, you can do this study either on your own by answering the questions in the study guide and then listening to the podcast, or you can meet with a small group, listen to the podcast, and discuss the questions in the study guide amongst yourselves. As I mentioned, we're studying chapter five entitled Know Him to Imitate Him. But first, Carrie, will you please give us a brief recap about what we learned in our last episode? Sure. In our last episode, Linda, called Bodybuilding for Christ, Paul is telling us how to live out the gospel message as one body in Christ by using the spiritual gifts God has given each one of us for the benefit of others. By using our God-given gifts, we can help build his kingdom right here on earth. And we also give people an opportunity to hear and know who Jesus Christ is and what he did for them. Everything God has given us and blessed us with both spiritually 
and materially has been given to us to help us lead others to him. Even your suffering can benefit others. As we saw in chapter 4, Paul willingly suffered for you and me, so today we could know the truth and be saved. Through God's grace, we've been given spiritual gifts, talents, and resources to help bring others into his kingdom. That doesn't mean just those you love, but even those you don't even know, and even those who may be your enemies. Our last episode ended by reminding us that we are all bodybuilders for Christ. Using the spiritual gifts God has given each one of us begins with forgiveness for your sake and for the sake of the Christ body. Don't leave this earth with any unforgiveness in your heart. Always be ready to forgive because forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. Thank you, Carrie. Always be ready to forgive. Such a great reminder. I'll read now the prologue, which can be found at the beginning of episode five in your study guide. Imitate God by walking in love, Paul writes. Don't be misled by the disobedient ones living in darkness. As children of the light, find what is acceptable to God. Be known for goodness, righteousness, and truth. Be wise, understand God's will and what pleases him. Be filled with the spirit, thanking God always for everything. Husbands, treasure your wives as Christ treasures his church. Wives, respect your husbands. Out of love and reverence for Christ, we are to be subordinate to one another, which leads to unity and oneness with Christ. And with that, I will turn it back to Carrie. Well, in this chapter, Paul is encouraging us to imitate God. I don't know of a better way to begin imitating God than by making sure there isn't any unforgiveness in your heart. No one has forgiven more than your Savior, Jesus Christ. Isn't that why he died for us? So we would be forgiven and be saved? Well, up until now, Paul has told us how we should live as Christians. And now he is telling us why we should be motivated to imitate God in this chapter, chapter 5. In the very first verse, Paul is encouraging us to be imitators of God as beloved children and live in love as Christ loved us and handed himself over for us as a sacrificial offering to God. When we are imitating God, we are living as St. Paul and our Lord teach us in his word. When we are imitating God, we are living in love, just as Jesus loved us and demonstrated that love by offering himself as a perfect sacrifice to God for one purpose only, to save each one of us. As the ponder by St. Clair of Assisi says in this session, imitation is not literal mimicking of Christ. Rather, it means becoming the image of the beloved, an image disclosed through transformation. This means we are to become vessels of God's compassionate love for others. Imitating God doesn't only mean loving those who love you. It means even loving those who are your enemies, loving those who have hurt you. It means loving those who don't think or look like you. Luke 6.32 says, For if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. Christ died for everyone, didn't he? He died for the ones who beat him and crucified him. He died for the ones who hated him. Several years ago, when I was on retreat, we were asked to think about one thing we wanted to ask the Lord for and write it down. Then we were to take it to the Adoration Chapel that night and make our request to him. At that time, I felt like God was asking me to do some pretty major projects in the Archdiocese involving the renewal of the Eucharist in this diocese. And that involved opening a perpetual adoration chapel and planning an event focused on renewing our belief in the Lord's Eucharistic presence. So I went to the chapel that evening and I said, Lord, I want to do everything you're asking me to do, but I really, really want to know who you are in a much deeper way. I expected, and I was under the assumption, that I deserve something big, like an apparition. (laughs) I waited a few moments in silence after I had made my request, and then I heard in my heart, love the ones that are the most difficult to love, and there you will find me. Love the ones that are the most difficult to love, and there you will find me. Wow, that was not what I expected to hear, nor was it what I wanted to hear, but it was what I needed to hear. Can you imagine what this world would look like if everyone loved the ones that were the most difficult to love? Isn't that what Jesus did? Isn't that what we do when we're imitating God? There wouldn't be the division we see today. There wouldn't be immorality or greed There wouldn't be obscenity or idolatry. There would be just peace and harmony. There would be love for our neighbors, no matter who they are. Unfortunately, it seems that we're going in the wrong direction, doesn't it? Paul saw that happening back then, and don't we see that happening today? That's why he's telling us not to let anyone deceive us with empty words and promises because that will only take us in the wrong direction and away from God. We're not even to be associated with those who try to deceive others, because we are now light in the Lord. But also, we want to be humble, to realize any of us can have a fall from grace if we're not careful. And naturally, we can pray for them without getting entangled with the deceit. Sometimes if you get close enough to the wrong flame, you can get burned. Although we lived in darkness at one time, we're now called to be light in a dark world. Think about what grows in the dark. Mold, sin, evil, crime, so on and so forth. But light brings life and growth. Light can expose evil. Because when evil is exposed, it can be dealt with. It's no longer hidden. Why do we want sin in our life to be exposed? So it can be confessed, forgiven, and removed. Matthew 5.14 says, You are the light of the world. Your light must shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. 
Your light not only draws people to the Lord, but it also glorifies him. If you're not sure if there's sin in your life, there's a psalm that can help you reveal it to you. It's sometimes called the dangerous psalm. It's Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. And it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Believe me, it works. And I know why it's called the dangerous psalm. It will reveal to you what you need to change, confess, or if there's someone with whom you need to reconcile. I have discovered that by using this psalm, it doesn't matter if you're right or not. What matters is that you heal the relationship. I remember once praying the psalm and being shown that I needed to apologize to a woman at the church who I had a disagreement with. And even though I knew and believed that I was right, your being right isn't important. But your being his light is important. Let me repeat that. Your being right isn't important. But your being his light is important. Once I remember a friend asking me if I would rather be right or I would rather be loved. And I have to confess that although sometimes I really wanted to be right, it was more important to be loved. If you remember in chapter 4, verse 30, Paul advises us not to grieve the Holy Spirit. Praying Psalm 139, 23 to 24 will help keep us from grieving the Holy Spirit by revealing what needs to be confessed and corrected. It's better to ask God to search your heart to see if there is anything that is displeasing to him now than to wait until judgment day. Paul is telling us in chapter 5 not to live in ignorance, but rather we need to try to understand what is the will of the Lord. I believe that if you're listening to this podcast and you're studying the letter to the Ephesians, then you have a desire to do the will of the Lord and you have a desire to imitate God. Linda, why do you think it's so important for us to understand God's will for you and replace your will with his will? That's a great question, Carrie. I personally spent a lot of portion of my life doing it my way, and we can oversimplify things and just say doing it our way leads to hell and doing it the Lord's way leads to heaven. But I would probably go a step further. When I did it just my way, my life was like a big to-do list, checking off the next thing. And there was always a next thing. I never had true peace. However, when I started to surrender to the Lord's will, not only did I begin to experience peace, but I also started to experience a sense of adventure in doing things that I never would have done on my own, which helped me fulfill my calling, Mm -hmm. which I believe is a calling for all of us to have supernatural peace while we step out in faith. Absolutely. I remember hearing that the theme song for hell is I'll do it my way. (laughs) Remember by... Frank Sinatra. (laughs) Um, Being a child of light is how we imitate God, because as a child of light, we can produce goodness, righteousness, and truth, and we can help lead others to him, which is doing the will of the Lord. Another way he tells us to do the will of the Lord is by giving him thanks always and for everything. But St. Paul isn't that asking a lot. 
do you mean when something bad or tragic happens in my life, I'm supposed to thank God for what happened? No, that's not what Paul is saying. You aren't thanking God for what happened, but you are thanking him for the blessings and the good that can come from what happened, even though you can't see it. In other words, you are trusting God in all situations, most especially those you don't understand. And you are recognizing that no matter what, God is always in control. Can't God take any situation and turn it into good? When Jesus died on the cross on Good Friday, Satan thought he won. But then came Sunday, and Christ rose from the dead, and Satan knew he was defeated and always will be. I would like to suggest another way of thanking God. Thank him in advance of answering your prayers, knowing and trusting that his perfect timing and his perfect answer to your prayer is so much better than yours. For years, as my husband and I were raising our four grandchildren, I would pray and ask God to protect them, naming each one of them. Then I started praying, thank you, Lord, for protecting my grandchildren, and believe me, he did in unbelievable ways. Thanking God in advance helped increase my faith and brought me peace as I trusted him to answer my prayers according to his will and not my will. There is no doubt in my mind that he has protected them in miraculous ways. Now I pray by saying, thank you, Lord, for protecting them in the past and for protecting them now and in the future. Try and find the blessing in your situation. And if you can't, ask him to help you see the blessing. Then thank him for the good that can come from your pain and suffering. As we have said before, God can use our suffering, our tragedies, and our pain to help save someone's soul, just as Christ's suffering saved our souls. So that's what it means to give thanks always for everything. It means that we trust in the Lord no matter what happens. Linda, why do you think it's so important to develop the habit of praising and worshiping God and thanking him for everything in your life? Well, having the habit of praise is absolutely vital. So when we encounter a situation that throws us for a loop, we are equipped and ready to praise. The devil just shrinks when we praise the Lord. You can just picture the louder we praise God, it makes the devil flee the faster. And praise is such a great practice for when we get to heaven and get to praise the Lord continually, Carrie. Absolutely. That's great, Linda. Thank you. Paul goes on to encourage us not to do anything that would lead us to debauchery, which are sins of the flesh. Rather, we are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I read somewhere that we should continuously pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we leak. Isn't that so true? It's always good to check to see if we're leaking anywhere, especially the Holy Spirit. That's why Paul advises us to watch carefully how we live and make the most out of every opportunity, giving thanks for everything always so we don't leak. Now, in the last part of chapter 5 of Ephesians, Paul uses the S word four times. My New American Bible says subordinate. Yours may say submit. Submission 
is at the very heart of discipleship. Jesus calls everyone not only to believe in him, but to follow him. The disciples were learners and followers. As students of Jesus, they submitted themselves to him. Submitting to the will of God is the very core of our relationship with him. Let me repeat that. Submitting to the will of God is the very core of our relationship with him. When we submit to him, when we surrender to him, we become more and more like his son, Jesus Christ, who surrendered everything to him at Calvary. God wants us as Christians to imitate his son, Jesus Christ, because that is what will protect us and help us persevere to the end. Just as Jesus submitted to the Father and to the authorities which led him to the cross, we also are required to submit to one another for the greater good. Think about it for a minute. Wasn't that the mistake Lucifer made? Because he didn't want to submit to God? Instead, he wanted to be the one in control. Lucifer was defiant, filled with pride. He desired his own will instead of God's will. The mistake Adam and Eve made was to submit to the will of Lucifer instead of submitting to and obeying the will of God in the garden. They chose to follow the wrong person by believing Satan's lies. Adam and Eve had everything going for them, yet they were deceived. In Matthew 24, 4-14, Jesus warned his disciples not to be deceived by false prophets or teachings, not to fear rumors of war, and that there would be an increase in sin and evil doing because people will be deceived. Then he went on to tell his disciples, the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. Isn't that what we're doing right now by being in his word, helping each other persevere? Desiring our own will is wanting to be in control rather than letting God be in control of our lives and our choices. In other words, it's really a lack of trust, isn't it? It's not easy to stay silent and not defend yourself, especially when you know you're right. It's not easy giving up control and not getting your own way. But isn't that what Christ did when he was falsely accused of blasphemy? He kept silent for us, and now we are asked to submit and keep silent for him, unless the Holy Spirit tells us otherwise. Jesus had control over everything and everyone, yet he chose to give it up for three reasons. He trusted his Father, he obeyed his Father, and he knew it would mean salvation for us. Now, I don't mean that we should be silent when there's injustice and sin being accepted or promoted in the world. We're expected to stand up for the truth and for those who can't stand up for themselves, such as the unborn and those being held in captivity through human trafficking. We're expected to speak up for the poor and the helpless and the hopeless. Paul is talking about submitting in relationships out of reverence for Christ. Submitting to one another means you have to trust the person you are submitting to 
whether it be a husband or a wife, or those whose authority you are under. Submission is the key to unity and harmony in human relationships. In the church, in marriage, in any relationship, submission is the basis of unity. We're all called to love and trust one another. We submit to one another because that's how we are imitators of God and followers of Jesus Christ. The bottom line is, that's what God is asking us to do. By obeying and submitting to God's will is how we leave our light on. The light in us can help lead people out of the darkness. Imagine that your light is on a dimmer, and when you're doing God's will, your light is shining bright. But when you sin, your light gets dimmer and dimmer. The light of Christ doesn't expose just sin in your life, but his light can also heal you. Light also has a cleansing quality. What helps keep your light brightly shining? The sacraments, especially the sacrament of reconciliation. Every time you repent and confess your sins, your light is brightly shining and Satan is being defeated. Also, prayer and trusting God by submitting to his will is how you keep your light shining brightly. The Our Father truly is a perfect prayer, especially by praying and repeating the phrase, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe this is the most powerful prayer we can say. Imagine what the world would look like today if God's will was being done on earth as it is in heaven. Being in his word as you are now is also a sure way of keeping your light burning brightly so you can stay on the right path. As Psalm 119, 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. The word of God is like a flashlight, always helping us see the way to truth and salvation while keeping us on the right path so we won't be deceived and so we won't fall for the tricks of the devil. Our Redeemer, Jesus Christ, is the light of the world. He lives in each one of us. Therefore, his light is in us. When you imitate God, the light of his Son, Jesus, shines through you, drawing others to him and bringing his Father glory. Great. Thank you so much, Carrie. That was wonderful. The Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study, a partnership of Proclaim My Word and the Quest, will continue in moments on AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. This is Susan Milani from St. Catherine of Siena Catholic Church in Kennesaw, Georgia. You're listening to AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. And now we return to the Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study, a partnership of Proclaim My Word and AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. And now we can move straight into Proclaim My Word Unplugged and ask some questions. Okay. So first thing I want to ask you, and this isn't, you didn't specifically state this, but the whole chapter about imitating, imitating Christ mm -hmm. Um, in the in the study guide at the end, you talked about being skin tight, mm -hmm. not just following the Lord, but being mm -hmm. skin tight. Mm -hmm. Would you give a little more detail about what that means? 
Well, I believe being skin tight is being so close, is is being in a tight relationship with someone. When you're in a tight relationship with someone, it's like you know their thoughts, mm. you know what they're going to say, you know what's in their heart. You're tight with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you can say you're a follower, but that doesn't necessarily... Doesn't mean you're tight. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that's a good question for all of us to take as homework is right. to see how how tight we are with the Lord. Um, so one other thing you mentioned is about Satan is defeated when we experience the sacrament of reconciliation, right, in the confessional. So share a little bit about that. Well, Satan doesn't want us to have a clean slate, and and reconciliation gives us a clean slate. It wipes out everything. And it's giving us a chance to start over. Satan doesn't want us to start over. Satan wants us to be a slave to sin so that we can join him when we die. Mm. Wow. Yeah. When you say it that way, but because I think we know that we have an enemy, mm-hmm. but I think we sometimes forget or discount how concerted the effort is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then what the goal is. Right. That we're with Satan. Right. right. Not with Jesus. Yeah. And he will do whatever he can to uh, capture your soul. Mm-hmm. Satan, so that you can end up with him. Yeah. And I think we all know in our lives where when we have that kind of baggage from the past, mm-hmm. we've missed the mark, as they say, sin. Mm-hmm. We miss the mark that when we have that, it's the concupiscence. It's so much more easy for us to fall into sin, but it's also so much easier for us to give up hope and faith. Right. And the longer you let the sin go on, the harder it is to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you had mentioned that before about uh, it's a, uh, how do you say that it's easy to let Satan in, but mm-hmm. harder to get him out. Totally. And all you have to do is open that door, a crack, mm-hmm. just a little bit to let Satan in. Mm-hmm. And then he's in. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important for us to really mark in time to stay to be totally honest and to live a life of integrity because that is one of the easiest ways you know a small little lie here or there mm-hmm. that fits the situation that allows us to have a little bit less to deal with in that moment mm-hmm. like the devil's always kind of waiting for that to happen right right and the devil knows the truth so mm-hmm. he will use part of true parts of truth to try to convince us that he's right. Now, he doesn't come with horns and a long tail. That's, <laughs> that would be too obvious. But um, he tries to sway us thinking that we are going in the right direction, but he's really trying to deceive us. And that's why it's so important being in the Word. Absolutely. And then that goes to, because I know you're a firm believer in proclaiming the word, mm-hmm. not just reading it, but right. actually proclaiming it out loud. Right, right. And it's a wonderful thing, even if you're reading a psalm and you read it out loud, especially right, if right. you're you're emotionally, you know, sad or or uh, worried or anxious. Sometimes hearing the word, but right. that's also so important because I hadn't thought of it that way. That we are fighting an enemy that knows the truth, maybe sometimes better than we do. Oh, absolutely. I, I believe he does. Yeah. Yeah. He, he goes way back. <laughs> he, he, he knows, yeah. He knows who Jesus Christ is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh, so on this lesson, in this lesson, you mentioned the dangerous psalm. Yeah. And searching. So 
any example you want to give of just when you prayed that, what that has done for you, or just to encourage our listeners and to... Yes, uh, none that I like to remember, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I remember once when we were uh, remodeling a house, and um, we had the, uh, I had a surprise birthday party planned for someone, and the painter didn't show up to paint my dining room, and I had been after him and after him and left many phone calls, many phone calls, and finally I I think I left a few terse messages. And um, he never showed up to paint the... So we had to have the party with unpainted walls, spackling and all of that. Well, then in prayer, I heard the Lord say, call and apologize to him. And I remember arguing with the Lord and saying, but but wait a minute, he's the one that didn't show up. He's the one that didn't do what he was supposed to do. And, uh, you know, when you try to argue with the Lord, you just stay silent until you hear him. <laughs> and so finally I did. I called and I apologized. And um, so that's cleaning your slate. It's, it's getting rid of something, even though I may have been right. Mm-hmm. Somehow the relationship with that person might have been damaged by something I said or maybe a nasty message I might have left on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why that's a dangerous song. He'll make you do something you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And you had said also about gratitude that um, to be thankful for everything that happens because it is an opportunity for us to to grow. We know, I guess, theoretically that we are being tested. We God gives us opportunities to test us in little mm-hmm, things to mm-hmm. see if we kind of are ready to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. And it's something as simple as that. The painter mm-hmm. doesn't show up. You have plans. You have a surprise party. Mm-hmm. All those are good things, mm-hmm. but he's not wasting that opportunity to teach us. That's right. And um, you can do one of two things when you're confronted with a difficult situation or a tragedy. You can either grow closer to the Lord or you can grow further away. Yeah. And I know people that have done both. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad when somebody experiences a difficult situation and they get angry. It's okay to get angry with God. He knows you're angry with him anyway, <laughs> but not to stay there. Mm-hmm. And But I've seen people who have given up their faith because they didn't like what happened in their lives. So how do we not do that? Because I... I definitely have seen that too. I've seen yeah. people on both sides of it. And at any moment, something can come that just really shakes our world. Right, right. Like the loss of a loved one um, or a major illness in the family or a divorce in the family. Um, I would use that as an opportunity to reach out to your friends, your community, mm-hmm. and tell them where you are. You know, I'm having a really tough time and I'm angry with God and I need some help so I don't lose my faith. Yeah. Will you pray for me? Ask people to pray for you. Don't be afraid to ask people to pray for you. That's because sometimes you are so hurt, you can't pray for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you have no energy in you. You're already thrown, thrown for a loop by whatever the bad exactly information was or situation and then but it is important to and also too i think it's the other way around is for us to make sure that we're asking for the person to right uh, do you need prayers right 
You know, it might mm-hmm. not be something so big, but it might be something that happened in a in the more private life of that person. Right. Right. They're hurt or right. um, even like we've talked about with forgiveness, right. have a hard time forgiving or we know people with relationships with family members and things like that. Right. So that's very good. And we talked about, you know, doing acts of kindness in the last podcast and an act of kindness might even be asking someone, how can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. How can I pray for you? What what do you need from the Lord right now? Yeah. So one, it reminds me when you say that this one year, I've only done, I only did it one year. I should pick it back up. But in Lent for one year, one, one, in one year for Lent, I decided that I would, for each day, I would pray for a person and ask the Lord to give me a scripture for that person Uh and that I would send it on a postcard Wow, to that individual. That's awesome. And it, I mean, it was, you're on the on the gun, so to speak, uh-huh. because uh-huh. every day you're like, okay, Lord, I hope. And some of the ones that I received, I was like, in the natural, I was like, I shouldn't send that because I knew X, Y, Z, what was going on in that person's life. Mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many people reached out to me and said that was exactly what they I needed. needed to hear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's also, I think what we all want to practice is to being humble, to realize like I wasn't humble when I started that because I thought, oh, I know what's going on in their life. And does that scripture match or not? But God was making me realize I didn't have but a bit of the story. Right. And then also to be you know, reaching out into someone else's life. Right. So right. that's great. That's great. So we talk a lot, or St. Paul, I guess, talks a lot about marriage in this. <laughs> and these are some of the verses that um, some people might find a little difficult. Uh, but when you read it, and you've been married a long time. Mm-hmm. 49 how, years. 49 years. That's wonderful. So how does it hit you in terms when you read this? Tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one, especially when you come from the business world mm. and you're you're so um into control yourself and you're, you you then realize well you're going in the wrong direction and trying to submit your will to somebody else that's not easy that's not easy um but that's what we're asked to do but we're also asked to love and respect mm. And not just those that love and respect us. That's that's easier. But those who probably don't love us, don't respect us. Mm-hmm. I know one year for Lent, uh, recently I tried to pray for the people that I had a disagreement with in the past or that I didn't get along with. Um, or we had some issues. And that's that wasn't easy. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> that was not easy. Um, and then we're called to submit to those who are in authority to us, those who we work for. The tough one is being is submitting to those in our government. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have to be discerning about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one other thing that comes to mind for me in that submitting as well as people in authority, one thing that I love doing is – I will sometimes, especially if I'm going through something or maybe I'm going on a trip or a pilgrimage or something that I would start, I started, when I would do that, I would go to the priest and say, would you say a blessing over me? 
uh-huh. just because uh-huh. you really do give up everything when mm-hmm. you're uh, on a big trip or something like that. But one thing I've done is ask my husband to say a blessing over me. Oh, nice. Yeah. When I'm yeah. doing something that's right. a little, you know, kind of out there or, you mm-hmm. know, basically trusting the Lord, but I right. know in my natural, I'm not feeling that. And there's nothing more beautiful than asking that. And I've seen people pray blessings over their children. That's beautiful. And people should do that more frequently. Parents should be praying over their children, making the sign of the cross on their forehead before they fall asleep, using holy water. I mean, whatever you can use. Um, and, and children always have those monsters, you know. Yeah. And teaching them how to overcome those monsters by praying with them mm-hmm. at, at night. Yeah. And uh, husbands and wives praying over each other is beautiful. I know when I'm not feeling well, especially, I'll ask my husband to, to pray over me. And there's just something about when he places his hand on my head. Mm-hmm. It's just so healing and so um, it just feels wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's not of us asking right. for that. Right. Is in itself a submission. Right. And then also too, it um, gives opportunity for you know the spiritual leaders of families. Right. Right. A lot of times too, when I hug somebody, I'll just very softly make a sign of the cross on their back so that the Lord will protect them. Gives new meaning to I got your back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. So um, you talked about the Holy Spirit and when we leak the Holy Spirit. So we can be, St. Paul wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want us to be drunk with anything but the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. No debauchery. He mm-hmm. wants to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. So Give us a little, a couple tips of how we can ensure that we're refilling with the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and staying in a position where we can live Holy Spirit-driven lives. Well, uh, two ways that I can think of offhand. One is praying for it and asking. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. keep, keep asking, come Holy Spirit, fill me, renew me. Um, and the other way is praying for wisdom mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit because it even says in Scripture that that's one prayer that gets answered when you pray for wisdom. Just know that you've received it. So always pray for wisdom from the Holy Spirit. When I don't know what to say, I pray and ask him to give me the words or to seal my lips so I don't say something I shouldn't. But we somehow I think we, we lack invoking the power of the Holy Spirit today. And we get so many of our gifts from the Holy Spirit and praying and asking him to give us those gifts, reveal them to us, and show us how he wants us to use those gifts. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times I will also send the Holy Spirit ahead of me. If I'm going to a meeting, I'll pray that he goes ahead of me and fills that room with his power. Uh, fill my house with the Holy Spirit. I go around sometimes when I remember to bless my house and all who enter into it. And um, I remember once when we were selling a house, uh, we were going to have the caravan come that day. And um, so I went and I took holy water and I blessed the whole house. And I said, Lord, just let this house be filled by the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, if you want it to sell, let it sell and just let your presence be known. Well, one real estate agent came early and she said, I'm in the neighborhood early. Do you mind if I 
go through the house now. And I said, no, help yourself. And she went through the whole house. She went to the front door, and um, she said, thank you. And then she turned around, and she said, I can tell this house is filled by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, we didn't sell the house, but the, the house was <laughs> had the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that such a mark? I've also heard, too, this is a great reminder for me because you said all who enter it. Mm-hmm. And we can have expected guests or unexpected guests. And I remember hearing one time, treat everyone when they enter your home like they're entering heaven. Mm. Give them that type of welcome. Wow. I don't, I, I, I take full credit that I, I noticed and even been told when I haven't done that. But when I have heard the knock on the door of the doorbell I think of that as as much as I can and try to say welcome so even if I'm in the middle of doing something I hear someone coming in from another far door I try to acknowledge it and to thank the person for coming and I've always said that you know you know that I say the my house is your house but uh-huh. we say my house is the Lord's uh-huh. so uh-huh. it is his yeah it's it's by the grace of God that that I have it so right. I have to try to consciously try to remember that, but it makes a difference. People will feel more welcome and it is a chance for the Holy Spirit to thrive in the presence of everyone being together. Right. So another thing too, on this, and I can't remember if it's St. Augustine said it, or if it was the encyclical on Christian marriage, or maybe just Scott Hahn said it and I heard it, but talked about for husbands and wives, that husband, the husband has the primacy of authority, mm-hmm. where the woman has the primacy of love. Mm-hmm. Anything you want to say about that? Because it really does kind of seems to lend itself to what St. Paul's saying in chapter mm-hmm. five. Couldn't you ask me something a little deeper, uh, Linda? <laughs> um, wow, that's uh, that's an interesting. I mean, we 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 know about the authority issue that the husband is the spiritual head of the house and should have final decision making if that's what the the two have decided is is uh, how they uh, are going to handle their marriage um and that's awesome because god gives them the husband the wisdom if they ask for it that they need to make the right decisions not just for themselves, but for their families. And God has given, I believe, women um, an unbelievable capacity to love, especially having children, mm-hmm. um, which becomes, which was a part of them and their husband. And the love is unexplainable, really. The love that comes from God that he instills in each one of us that hopefully we can see in one another and pass it on to our children and our families. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when I first read that, I thought of my parents who were married for 50-some years before my father passed. And I remember one time when I was really young, I was really excited out playing and I was playing one of those old big wheels those big plastic little Mm -hmm. trucks you drive around so I was young and it was really loud and I was in front of my house in the street in front of my house where a bunch of us were playing and I was thinking I was great and then I turned and I see this big truck was stopped waiting for me that I didn't even realize and I looked over to my house and my mom was looking out the window and 
next thing I saw her go away. And I knew that meant she was going to get my dad. Uh-huh. And I wasn't going to make that mistake again. Right. Put it that right. way. But that's, so that was authority. But not that my mom didn't have authority because, you know, right. obviously she did. And then my dad was not going to not listen to my mother, you know, bring right. a issue. But then my mother was also the same person for that kind of primacy of love, which was when I missed the ice cream truck one day. And I was sad because I missed it and didn't have the money. I couldn't get to her in time and I missed it. She put a couple quarters under the doormat uh-huh. so that I would never forget, you know, miss it again. Uh-huh. So she thought ahead for something like that. So it is beautiful how it works in tandem. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing that I think, you know, it's important for us to lean into, you know, in our marriages. I think that's a great example of her leaving quarters under the mat. That's a, a great example of love. Mm-hmm. And I think that children need that. Yeah. I think uh, mothers are really good at doing those little things that demonstrate how much they love the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a it's it's like 360 degrees of love. Yeah. It's not just one little sliver. And, you know, they take that with them into adult life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that is. It's so important. So another thing that I want to touch on was you had said Satan felt good and kind of happy on Good Friday because mm-hmm. he thought he won. And then three days later comes Resurrection Sunday. Mm-hmm. Any tips for us to remember that in our own life where we think sometimes that the devil has won and then we need to pause, stay in prayer to get to Resurrection Sunday in our lives? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I think one of the best ways to do that is to remind Satan who you belong to. Mm-hmm. I belong to Jesus. Yeah. I belong to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, watch him. Watch him leave. I love that. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. That's a great reminder for us. Yes. And lets him know. Yes. Yep. I belong to Jesus, not you. Mm-hmm. Send yeah. him to the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. So with that, too, one thing that came to mind as you were going through the commentary is the need for discernment because mm-hmm. of deception. You know, it's uh, so we don't believe whatever lie might be coming. Mm-hmm. So any tips on praying for discernment or seeking discernment in our lives? Well, again, praying for wisdom, because wisdom is a big part of discernment, obviously. And um, praying that you're not deceived with what you hear and what you read, because there's a lot of lies out there in the world and um, a lot of fear-mongering going on that you don't want to be part of. So praying for wisdom, praying for him to show you the truth and to fill your heart with peace that could only come from him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, t- turn off the television. <laughs> turn off the television. Yep. Turn off the computers sometimes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, getting the word. One of the things that was in this chapter, which in the very beginning, uh, St. Paul encourages us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, address one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and giving thanks. And I went to this moment where I read that. I was like, wow, what would the world be like if we all did that? And then I said, wait, that's the liturgy. That's the liturgy, right, right. That's the mass. Right. And I think uh, people go to mass with 
the idea that they're supposed to get something. Yeah. But they're supposed to give something. Mm-hmm. It's about us giving to the Lord our worship and our praise. Mm-hmm. That's what the Mass. And then we, in turn, are blessed. Mm-hmm. But I hear people say, well, I don't get anything out of it. Well, what are you bringing to it? Mm-hmm. What are you bringing mm-hmm. to it? And you brought up, I know praise is close to your heart. Right. And we also know that we have the commandments at, you know, at the, uh, in the Bible we hear it, but then we also are supposed to go forth after the mass, right? you know, and bring, bring Christ to others. We're not supposed right. to just go there for approximately an hour. Yeah. It doesn't end with that at the end of the hour. Yeah. You're supposed to, like you said, take it with you. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to do. And it's hard to remember but it's possible, and mm-hmm. we can do it. So talk a little bit about praise, how that could help us do that. Because if we, if that's in the liturgy, which we believe that's the, the Eucharist is the source and summit of our faith, and we are close, we're in with heaven during Mass, and praise is a big part of that. Right. How do we keep that praise going? Well, I think praise is, is really critical for us. We don't praise God for his sake. You know, at first I thought, what kind of ego does God have that he needs me to pray, you know, praise him? Do I have to, you know, give him an attaboy? Well, that's <laughs> not, that's not why we praise him. We praise him for ourselves because the more we praise him, the more you get to know who he is. Mm. And there is so much power in praising him. Um, we spend so much time worrying or fretting or concerning. And if we would stop and start praising him at that time, you would see the difference in your life. And the the Psalms are a great way of praising God. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to praise him, turn to the Psalms, Psalm 103, Psalm 100, 104. I mean, they're great ways to praise God and to bless him. Mm -hmm. You can bless God. Yeah. You don't always need to ask God to bless you. Mm-hmm. But bless God. Tell him you bless him. Mm-hmm. I bless you, Lord, with everything that is within me. I bless you and I praise your name. Yeah. And say it out loud. Well, say I it think. out loud. Say I, it out loud. Because and again, it's for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I've heard that Satan hates to be where God is being praised. Well then say it even the say louder. Say it even louder. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's um takes us to pretty much the end of this episode. So before we conclude, will you lead us in the closing prayer found on page five? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, God, for freeing me from darkness and making me a child of light. I pray that I will follow you and imitate you by loving and forgiving others as you have loved and forgiven me. May I always remember that I am created in your image and likeness which calls me to be the light of Christ in a dark world. Lord, help me to submit to others as you desire. May I never give in to my pride, so I am able to submit my will to honor your will. I pray for the sanctity of marriage, that it may be protected and honored in the world today. Help me, Lord, to please you by seeking your will. I know you only desire good things for me. Thank you for loving and protecting me so I can spend eternity with you. Holy Spirit, enlighten and strengthen me to always live in the light of Christ. May your praises always be on my lips 
and in my heart. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Join Carrie and me next time as we continue to hear about God's plan to protect and save us. Our next and last episode is episode six, chapter six in the letter to the Ephesians called Stand Up and Resist Evil. You can still catch up if you've fallen behind in the study guide. And also, it's not too late to invite someone to join you who may need to know how to be protected by standing up and resisting evil. And until our next episode, if you want to imitate God and go deeper in your relationship with Jesus Christ... Love the ones who are the most difficult to love. Keep his light burning brightly in you. And no matter what happens, trust that he will protect you. He will protect you. Remember to frequently pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, because his will is that all will be saved. This has been the Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study, a partnership of Proclaim My Word and AM 1160 The Quest. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. If you like what you heard, please consider supporting Proclaim My Word. Just go to ProclaimMyWord.org and hit the donate button. You'll also find the link to register for the current study and receive the study guide at ProclaimMyWord.org. Thank you for your generosity in helping us evangelize by spreading His Word. This has been a production of AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio.